Well, good morning. This is awesome. We might tip over this way today. Those of you that are home, you have no idea what I'm looking at, but I'm think we're out of balance today. If you see us all turn upside down, you'll know what happened. All right? I'm just giving you that heads up. Wow. Anybody need a fresh start? Anybody tired of where we've been and what's been going on and what's not been going on? I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but one of the things that I'm most grateful for was uh, last week I had the privilege of going to Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, and speaking at Clark Cawthorn's Living Water Community Church. You, those of you that were here, had the privilege of spending your worship time with Clark and Joy Cawthorn. They did an outstanding job. I was able to take that in via technology. And uh, speaking of technology, it just dawned on me on my drive home last Sunday that uh, since all of this stuff started about 18 months ago, Crossroads, because of dedicated people behind the scenes and in front of the scenes, we've not missed a beat. We've not missed a beat. And so I say, yay team, thanks so much Clark for last Sunday and allowing me to be with your people. And I told his people, I think they drew the short end of the stick, not based on my height, just in general, right? But uh, anyway, you're stuck with me. I'm back this week. So anyway, also a shout out. Now this is going to come to a shock to some of you. I feel bad, almost feel guilty just telling you this because uh, kind of it happened at the 12th hour or the 11th and a half hour a few months ago, they started up another uh, co-ed uh, church softball league. I didn't even know we had a softball league. And they said, yeah, it was kind of a last minute thing. And Brandon, our pastor of students and family ministries, got his branded, which is Monday night college age kids and young adults, I guess, if you will, got them involved. And then threw out a feeler for a few other people, and they filled up the team. Well, anyway, that's been going on. I've kind of almost forgot about it, didn't get to go to a game. And then yesterday, they had the tournament and the championship, and I didn't even know. I mean, I forgot all about it, and it was yesterday until last night. We're laying in bed. My wife said, hey, that game was today. And then I saw they posted that Crossroads co-ed softball team won the championship. So that, that's really cool, yeah. For those of you who said, hey, I'd like to play, yeah, I, I got it. Well, stay tuned. Next year, I'm, sure they're, I'm pretty sure they're going to do it again, and they'll be much more on the front end of things. Anyway, so that's what that is, but I guess for whatever that's worth. Today, as we go one more week, actually next week, we're going to wrap up this series of favorites. For those of you that don't know, favorites is kind of what it is. It's either a favorite passage or a story or a message or something that stands out in our favorites. And that's what we've been doing each week. So it's been different every week, of course. And what holds them all together is this idea of favorites. Now, I don't know if today will be one of your favorites or not. It's, uh, it certainly is one of my favorite titles that I've ever done. It was not one of my wife's favorites. All right, I'll just be honest about that. And, um, but I've noticed, and the reason I dug this 
19-year-old message out and redid it, reworked it, is because there's a bigger thing going on, I believe. Now, granted, no minimization of COVID and those that have struggled and suffered and those that have died and lost loved ones and couldn't be with loved ones and all that goes with that. But there's another big issue going on. It's really a big issue. And many of us have been affected by it, and yet most of us don't know we've been affected or how badly we've been affected with this, what I'm calling a disease. And if you're not sure what it is, take a listen to this sound bite, and we'll jump in after that. Like big button, I cannot lie. The disease I'm talking about is a big butt. So today at Crossroads, we're going to talk about how to get rid of a big butt. And can I just tell you, there's a lot of big butts around. Now, before you get off on some weird tangent, the butt I'm talking about is B-U-T, not B-U-T-T. There's a difference. The number one resolution every year at New Year's is one of the biggest things today that people are still talking about after all of this isolation, quarantine, staying at home, all of that. The number one thing people want to do is lose weight. There's more commercials in the end of the year promoting gyms, right? Health clubs, new beginnings, fresh starts in January. And if you go to any of those clubs on like January 2 or 3, they're packed. You wait till February, it's a ghost town again. People want a fresh start, but things happen, right? Here we are, August the 1st, 2021. Like, where has the time gone? We're in the eighth month of 2021. Now, I don't know how you feel about that. There's so many things I wanted to get done that I thought I should have had done by now that I haven't got them done. Part of the problem is, is a big butt. A big butt. One thing I'm not disappointed about, that when August comes, September and October are just around the corner, and to me, that means summer is gone, because I'm tired of the heat. That's just me. That's just me. You can be wrong if you want. Now, for some of you, you sit here today, and you're not sure whether you have a big butt or not, because can we be honest? Sometimes you just don't want to look. A lot of people have mirrors that only show them from here up. And unless you do a big butt test, or you've got a different kind of a mirror, you don't know if you have a big butt or you don't. So I got a test. You can see if you have a big butt or you don't have a big butt. Please grade your own paper. Don't be looking at someone else's big butt. Can we just say that up front? Speaking of losing weight and getting in shape, we say things like, wow, I had planned on doing that, honey, but I don't have a Peloton. 
right? I don't have that. I don't have that Abdu. Or I don't have, you can be old school. I don't have the gazelle. You remember the gazelle? Tony Little on a gazelle, right? I can't afford a gym membership. My treadmill's buried under clothes. I want to get in shape, but... I want to grow in my faith, but this last year and a half has been difficult. I thought about becoming a Christ follower, but I'm worried about what my friends might think, what my coworkers might think. You know what I heard about this baptism that is going public once you give your heart and life to Christ that no one can see because that's a heart issue. I want to go public, but... I'm afraid of water. I don't like getting up in front of people. I'd love to get involved, but I don't know what I'd do. I'd love to get involved, but I don't know if I have any talent, but I don't know if I have anything to offer. I want to serve others, but my kids are too little. My kids are too old. I'm too old. That's this butt disease. I've planned on joining the church, being a, but I don't know if it's that important. I used to be involved in church, but COVID happened. And I've gotten out of sync. Can we just say most of us have been out of sync? But now it's someone else's turn. But now I'm doing something else. But I bought a camper. <laughs> Bought a tent. You are sick people. <laughs> I used to pray for people in my family that didn't know Jesus, but I've gotten out of the habit. Can we just agree that big butts often keep us from what really matters? If you haven't taken out your message outlines, those of you in person here, you've got them handed to you or you had the chance to grab one. Those of you at home, Jack told you how to do that. Here's the key for this big butt. We've already kind of done the test. I was going to ask a show of hands of how many of us here and at home would say, yes, based on all of this big butt test, I have a big butt. I'm not going to do that to you. Stay tuned. But big butts keep me, keep me. Can we just say that my big butt is my problem? No one can solve my big butt problem but me. Big butts keep me from being who God designed me to be and keeps God's kingdom from growing. Because God wants to use every single one of us for something bigger than ourselves. He wants to use you and he wants to use me to grow his forever kingdom, which means people in your family and at your place of work and people in your neighborhood and my neighborhood. Some people don't think they have a big butt because they only compare their butts with those who have really big butts. You ever done that? I might say, yeah, but. But have you seen hers? Have you seen his? 
I may miss that, but they're way worse at that. I may not eat right, but they, have you seen what they do? I may not work out enough, but they never work out. We compare our butts. Big butts keep us from doing what God wants us to do. One tip. You want to be a useful tool in God's hand, then you got to keep your eyes on your own butt. I've got to keep my eyes on my butt, the butts that get in the way of me being who God wants me to be. And can I be honest with you, during this 18-month stretch, there's some butts that have kept me, I believe, from being my best at times. Because I get caught up in other people's butts. I run into people. I see people. I don't see some people. And it takes a toll. It's like, what is going on? I mean, I get what's going on, but yet what's going on? And I have to keep going back to being the best I can be and keeping my eyes on my own butt because if I watch someone else's butt, I get caught up in this big butt disease and it keeps me from being what God wants me to be. I just had a weird thought. You always wonder what goes through, if you ever wonder what goes through my head, sometimes my wife will say, I can't believe you said that. And I said, you'd be proud if you know what I almost said. (laughs) I just had this thought. I wonder how many times I'm going to say big butt today. Probably more than I've ever said since 2002. I don't know. Can I tell you about this big butt disease that big butts grow gradually over time? They really do. It happens over time. Nobody gets a big butt overnight. It takes years to develop these big butts. We get caught in a cycle, if you will, of behaviors or lack of certain behaviors. But over time, that's how these butts grow. That's how they develop. And when you want to change a big butt... They don't go away overnight. It has to be a pattern. It has to be a lifestyle adjustment. It has to be something intentional happens to get rid of that big butt. So I want to talk to you today about how to get rid of a big butt. And then we're going to challenge one another, but really we're challenging ourselves, right? Because the only big butt I can change is my own. Number one, here's how you get rid of a big butt. You've got to get your eyes off of self And you've got to put your eyes or get your eyes on the mission of Jesus. One of the things that causes my butt to get bigger is when I take my eyes off of Jesus and I put them on self. You ever had a pity party for yourself and you're like the only one that shows up, but you do it up big, right? I've seen a lot of people, right? During 18 months, we've had these pity parties. But again, I can't solve their big butt. I have to look at my own. Notice this verse. This is a great challenge. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. You've got to take your eyes off of self. You've got to deny self. You've got to realize that life is not just about us. 
It's not just about me. God wants to use me. He's put me in this season of life. Do you realize in the history of the world, you were designed by God to be born at the time you were born at? In the season, in this point of history, for a reason. I don't want to get to the end of my life and realize a big butt kept me from being and doing all that God put me here to do. But I can get so involved with life and the things around me that this big butt disease takes over and I have seasons of my life where I miss out on what really matters for God. Can we just agree that most of us by nature, or all of us by nature, we're, we're born with a sinful nature, so we're all born selfish. Never had to teach a kid, one of my kids, how to be selfish. The, the me thing, this is mine, that toy is mine. You have it, but I want it, and I'm going to take it, right? We don't have to teach people that. I have to be intentional about keeping my eyes focused on Jesus and his mission. What's the mission of the church? To reach people, to equip people, to go out and make a difference in this world that's going to last for eternity. If you're a follower of Christ, that's your goal. That's your mission. God put us on that mission. When we gave our heart to Christ, guess what he said? You were bought with a price. You're no longer your own. We're ambassadors. We're his representatives. And a big butt will keep you from doing that. It's possible to be a follower of Christ and spend all your time. You can be so committed to reading your Bible. You can study your Bible. You can go to Bible study after Bible study. You can hang plaque after plaque on your wall or certificate after certificate and all of that. But you got to be out there. We can't be just hearers of the word. We've got to be doers of the word. And a big butt will keep us from being doers. Notice Philippians. Well, let's look at Mark real quick. 1045. I love this. You want to know what Jesus' mission was to do? We're, he's our example. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. You want to be like Jesus? Serve. Serve people. Serve people at your work. Serve people in your neighborhood. Serve people in your church. Serve people in your community. That's how we become more like Jesus. That was his mission. He could have demanded people serve him, but he was serving them. That's our deal. Philippians 2, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. We could change the world almost overnight if we all did that, couldn't we? Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the others. Does that mean you never give any time to yourself? No. But most or many of us don't struggle with giving enough. Some of us do. Some of us are so, you're so outgoing, you're so other people focused that you don't even care for yourself. That's not good. I can't take care of myself because I'm taking care of others. That's a big butt that'll get you in trouble. You're no good if you don't take care of you, but not so out of balance that we don't serve others. So how do you get rid of a big butt? You got to get your eyes off the self, get it on the mission of Christ. Here's number two. You got to cut the feelings and exercise your faith. 
Cut your feelings and exercise your faith. We live in a society that trusts way too much in feelings. Some of our big butts are caused by, because we focus and live so much by our feelings. Here's a little test. How many times do you find yourself saying this? Again, because it's your big butt <laughs> that you can deal with. You worship in today, you go into church today, you take it in and online. I'm not sure because I don't feel like it. I was going to exercise today, but I don't feel like doing that today. I was going to read my Bible today. I had all kinds of intentions of waking up and starting my day, opening up God's word and praying, but I don't, I got up too late. Yeah, I probably should have been nicer to that person or served that person, but I just didn't feel like it today. We trust way too much in feelings, and we need to, the Christian life is one that's lived by faith. We must act on a faith basis. Jesus says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I've got to put my faith ahead of my feelings because feelings are fickle, and my feelings will cause me to have a bigger butt. There'd be a lot of things I wouldn't do many days if I just went by feelings. And I'm not saying I never do. I'm saying that I have to be more aware of that and live by faith. Today would have been a day, right? Could have been a day that I called in sick. I'm not sick. You ever had one of those nights? I had one of those nights last night. Went to bed early for me, about 11.15. Realized the Olympics are on. How many have been watching the Olympics? It's a little odd when they're 14 hours ahead of us, right? It's like, is it live? It says it's live. This is a repeat. What? Oh, I heard that in the news. I know how that's going to end. Anyway, all that. But I, I remembered when I went to bed, because a lot of times I'll turn the TV on, and it helps because my brain is easily distracted, and I need to distract it, otherwise it goes to weird places, especially on a Saturday night, right before church. And so I normally I'll go to bed, watch TV for a little bit, just watch something that's mindless, and I'll go to sleep. Now, I thought, wow, you know what? Golf is on. Matter of fact, it gets live. The last round of the individual gold medal, right? Whoever wins, wins. And it, like the, the leaders teed off at 10-18 last night. But it's like, it was already this day then. So I'm like, this is perfect. I'll watch golf. And like, if I watch golf on a Sunday afternoon, I'll often I'll doze off watching golf. Some people say, yeah, it's a sure sign to go to sleep. But anyway, so I turn golf on. And I'm watching golf, and I'm watching golf, and an American is leading. It's like, oh, but it's tight, and there's like lots of people within range, right? And so I'm watching this, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, what time is it? And it was like, oh, it's 1 o'clock. I probably ought to go to sleep. So I reposition, right? And I'm like, why aren't I getting sleepy? Well, then it got more interesting, and it got more competitive, and it got closer. And so now I'm amped up. And I'm watching this American try to hold on to the lead. And this other guy is playing out of his mind. Those of you that are golfing, just let me tell you, he, he shot a 61 yesterday. So 10 under in 18 holes. Whole deal, if you're not into golf, that means nothing to you. But anyway, it's part of my story. 
So lo and behold, the American gets into some trouble on hole 14. He'd had a three-shot lead. Now it's a one-shot lead. And then he bogeys the hole, and he's tied for the lead with the guy that posted the 10 under. So now he's got four holes left, and he's got a birdie. If he bogeys, he's going to lose the gold medal. And so I'm really amped up. Long story short, he hits a miraculous third shot after being in trouble on the 18th hole to make a par and win by one stroke. And I look at my clock next to my bed, and it's 3.54. I'm like, oh, shoot. Now I'm all amped up. I'm like, I got to get up in less than four hours. This is going to be fun tomorrow. And then get this, the bronze medal. So we got the guy that won from the U.S., Slovakia gets the silver. There's seven people tied to get the bronze. So there's a a seven-person playoff. (laughs) I watched the first hole. Then I'm like, no, you've got to shut this TV off. But I'm not tired. I know, but I got to speak in the morning. I'm having my big butt argument in my own head. And I'm saying, God, I really do need to go to sleep. And I want to go to sleep, but I'm not. And he tells, but you made a choice. You've watched this and you're competitive. And now you're amped up and it's the gold medal. So I got two or three. I don't know what I got, but here I am. (laughs) All to say... The big butt of going with your feelings sometimes is not the best choice. But I didn't call in. Here I am. (laughs) And I'm good. I don't know what tonight will bring, but hey, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So, but cut the feelings and go with your faith. We've got to act on a faith basis. We can't just do what we feel like doing. You can, but you're going to be keeping yourself, keeping yourself from being what God wants you to do. Every time I follow my feelings, nine times out of 10, they're wrong. If I just did what I felt like doing, there'd be days I didn't do anything. Anybody relate? Feelings can be fickle. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, Hebrews says. So we got to, this, this might be worth you jotting down. What I'm really saying is we've got to act our way into feelings. You do the action, and it may work into a feeling, not feel your way into action. You got to, you get that? We've got to act our way into the feelings. Use our faith and say, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, even when I don't feel like it. Because if I do it the opposite way, and I only do things when I feel like it, I only take the action when I feel like it, I'm going to have more days than not where I don't do it. Anybody want to give a testimony? (laughs) Yeah, that's what happens with our big butt. So we've got to stop living by our feelings, quit playing it safe and comfortable, and live by faith. God, what do you want? What does your word say? What does it really mean to be a follower? I don't feel like serving today, but I'm going to serve anyway. You know why? Because that's what Jesus would do. And often when I do what I'm supposed to do, not because I feel like it, but because I choose by faith to do what I know is important, that afterwards the feeling is good, like today. It would have been easy, you know, when my alarm went off this morning, although, believe it or not, I got up for my alarm. Um... I think God's got a sense of humor too. Hey, dude, come on. Here you go. You wanted to watch the golf. (laughs) But when you say no, 
And I wouldn't rather, I would not want to be anywhere else this morning than what we're doing and to start our week off worshiping God. Because bar none, there is not another thing going in this world that's more important than what the local church does because it matters for eternity for every single person based on what they do with Jesus Christ. So being a Christ follower is a faith journey. Don't let the big butt get in the way and make you start doing things based on feelings instead of faith. All right, number three, how to get rid of a big butt. Join a big butt recovery group. (laughs) Can you picture that? What we're talking about is the church. What we're talking about is God's gym. Church is not for perfect people. It's for strugglers. It's for people who know that they're not perfect. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. Those of you that are home, that's why you're tuning in, I hope. And I know, man, I I can't wait to see more of us when you're comfortable and you can get here. Or you just say, hey, all right, I've talked to people. Listen, some people definitely are staying home because of where they are in the spectrum of things and how they feel about their health or whatever they are about. I get that. No judgment here. But I've also talked to people that said, man, yeah, we need to get back, but. I've run into people who said, yeah, are you open? (laughs) No bagging on them, but I'm like, hmm. Right? And I get it, though. It's been so long. Most of us, because of buts, have gotten into new patterns. My guess is no one, no one thought last year, 2020 of March, that it'd be the last time they'd go to church, but it's happened all over the world. We got more important things yet to be done. However you can get that done, we've got to be the church, those of us that know. Join a big butt recovery group. If you want to get in shape physically, you know there's certain things you need to do. Losing weight is not science. It is science, and it's also math. you got to burn more than you put in. There's many ways to do that, right? You can eat less. You can combine eating less with eating better foods. You can combine that with working out, whether it's walking or jogging or unpiling your clothes from your treadmill. That'd be a workout for some of you just to get to it. But then to actually get on and turn that thing on and and all of those things, right? It's not good intentions that get done. It's what we really do. And a big butt will get in your way. But can we just agree that most of those things that are invaluable in our life are better when we do it with other people? The most success I've ever had in my life spiritually or physically, or financially, has been when I've put people around me that are trying to do those same things. And me being competitive, that helps. Me being not always the, listen, the one that feels like working out or feels like this when you have somebody else or a group of people saying, yeah, but we're still showing up, so you better be there, that we're better. Can I tell you, that's, I think, one of the big problems with the church, Big C, all across the world, is for so long, we were all kind of sequestered and at home and doing all those things, and it just kept those big butts growing because nobody was really saying, hey, where are you at? 
because we were all kind of in the same place. You need a big butt recovery group. We need others with the same goal. The church needs each other. Anybody still old school barbecue where you actually get a bag of charcoal and dump it in and use lighter fluid or whatever and you light them up? Yeah. There's, man, we're, we're doing hamburgers that way today. There, it's nothing like that. Nothing is good. But anyway, you know, next time you grill out, you put all those black charcoals together and whether you use lighter fluid or one of those chimneys and you put newspaper under them, which is a really cool invention. Somebody thought, hey, science really does work. But, um, and you light that thing. At first, you hardly notice anything. You see smoke and maybe you'll see a little flame. You do if you use enough lighter fluid. <laughs> but, um, and stand way back when you throw the match, right? <laughs> Um, but anyway, eventually those coals start to burn red hot and white hot. That's hot. If you were to take a piece, of, a, a set of tongs, and take one of those charcoals that was burning red or white hot and set it off to the side by itself, it'll burn red and white hot for a little bit. The longer it sits alone, the flame goes down the white hot goes down, and in not too long a time, that will go cold. Think of God's church. Think of crossroads. Think of any church you want. Think the big church all across the globe. We were never built for isolation. When you take one Christian and set them off to the side, or one non-Christian and set them off the side, it's just a matter of time. And you'll go out. The big butts will get in the way. The effectiveness of what we do together, spurring one another on, keeping each other on fire, disappears when we get separated or when we choose to separate, whatever the case may be. Remember that the next time you grill out. God says he takes all of these different charcoal pieces, right? And he puts us together to form one body. Big C church, every Christian across this globe. Individual churches, he puts us together. And listen to what Jesus says. Now you're no longer strangers to God. That means those of us that have given our lives to Jesus. We're no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, because heaven is our new address. From the moment I gave my heart to Christ, God hung up my name on a door in heaven that says this is where Scott Winstead's going to live forever. So I'm no longer a stranger to God. I'm not a foreigner to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. I have people once in a while say, Pastor, can I ask you a question? Of course. Can you be a Christian and not go to church? Not be a part of a church? I said, yes, you can. It's possible. You just can't be an obedient one. Because we weren't created just for ourselves. God right there says when you give your life to Christ, right? We become citizens of heaven. We're no longer strangers to God. And then he puts us 
And he allows us to choose an individual local body of believers to be adopted in as a family. And I'm one part and you're one part. And all these parts together, God says, listen, I've taken time and talent and treasures and I've put you guys together as a family to do my work. And we belong together. Even if you're, we're not together necessarily in the same room all the time, we don't all live together, but we can be together because we're on mission together. We're using our time and our talents together to do what God wants to do through all of us together that we couldn't do on our own. <laughs> and then notice, we belong there with every other Christ follower. God wants us to mature. He wants us to grow up. He wants us to get rid of our big butts and live more by faith. And to do that, we need a system. We need a system. At Crossroads, we have a class structure. Class 101, 201, 301, 401, they build on each other. Class 101 is an introduction to everything Crossroads, who we are, what's our mission? What do we believe? What do we don't believe? Why are we here? How does a person get involved here and make a difference? Class 201 is how do you grow up spiritually? We teach you habits that only you can decide to do, but you need to know what they are to grow up spiritually. Class 301 is to find out your God-given shape. Shape is an acronym for spiritual gifts, hearts, ability, personality, and experiences. Those five things are different in your life than they are in anyone else's. And God wants to use those five things to make a difference in his world. And class 401 is how do you live the rest of your life on mission, on purpose? Why do I say those things? Because it's coming up in the fall. October 3rd, matter of fact, if you want to jot it down, is your next opportunity to take a step in this maturing process, this God's gym, if you will. It's a structured way to grow. It's a process. It's a way to get rid of the big butt and live by faith, to do what I need to do and what God would have me to do rather than what I feel like doing. Small groups. Small groups is something that we really believe in at Crossroads, although honestly, in these last 18 months, right, some people have quit meeting for obvious reasons. We, some people did, you know, Zoom, <laughs> If I don't hear another Zoom, I'd be fine. But anyway, Zooms. It was better than not being together at all, but it's, and it's better than just talking on the phone. But over time, right? Over time, those coals, we get separated. And many people are not meeting in small groups. Some still are. Some are not. We're going to ramp those back up in late fall. We're going to do a church-wide, hopefully, right? One of the things we wanted to do last year was a church-wide campaign, if you will, where we go through a series of messages for like six weeks and we encourage people and we make opportunities for people to get plugged in with other people for those six weeks so you can not only do what we do on a Sunday morning in worship, but then you can gather with other people and do this journey together. Some of you, your next step is that baptism that we talked about. You gave your life to Christ maybe this year, maybe two years ago, maybe five years ago, and you've never went public. That's the purpose of baptism. Baptism doesn't save you. It doesn't wash your sins. It's symbolic of what happens when you invite Jesus and his blood forgives your sins. It makes your sins white as snow, washes them away. God says, I cast 
your sins as far as the east is from the west when you transfer ownership of your heart to me. But then the next step is to go public with that decision through baptism, showing people outwardly what happened inside. That's coming up in two weeks from today, August the 15th, out at Lock Aaron. Lee Prettyman, our executive pastor, his family's home is right there. And it's a beautiful setting to do an outdoor baptism. And uh, you can sign up today. If you're here in person, go right out to the What's Happening Center and sign up. They'll give you the information. There's a quick meeting next week after both services. Those of you that are home, you can go to connectatcrossroads.org and sign up, say baptism, and we'll be in contact with you. I want to, but get rid of the big but. You don't have to pray about it. If you've not went public after giving your heart to Christ, no matter how long that's been, God says to do it. So that's going to be fun. Another way to get rid of your big butt. So here's my big butt question. Here's my big butt question. Here I thought I was going to be really short on time and I'm looking for the first time at my clock. What's the big butt that's keeping you from being all God wants you to be? What's your big butt? You have to look to see your butt. You need a full-length mirror to see your butt. You've got to be intentional to see your butt. God has also given us a different kind of mirror. It's called God's Word. And when you compare what you're doing and how your lifestyle is with God's Word, that's where you find these big butts. And the good news is you can get rid of a big butt starting today. But looking at your big butt is not enough to get it done. You've got to do something about the big butt. Good intentions don't produce the results. If they did, we'd all be in different places in many areas of our life. You got to do something about it. You got to put action to your faith, actions to your intentions. So here's what I want you to do. If you're at home, after this is over, you can go to Connect at Crossroads and you can fill this out. Those of you in person, you should have got a communication card today. It's been a long time maybe since you've seen one of these, but take that out. We want you to put your name and contact information on there because that's important. You might say, gee whiz, I filled all that out. Nobody ever said anything to me. Well, because you forgot one little thing, name and contact information that we may not have. After you have that on there, you can fill out whatever applies to you. There's decisions today, and then there's next steps today. If you want more information about baptism, I just told you about that, so that's either. About becoming a partner, that's class 101. About serving opportunities, you could check that. We'll send you some information about serving opportunities, and you can follow up with that, and then we'll follow up with you. About joining a small group, going on a mission trip. It's not happening this year as far as going out of the country, but it'll happen beyond that. But it's going to happen locally. So whatever applies to you, this is a great way for you to take a step and get rid of a big but today. And you're the only one and I'm the only one that can deal with my big butt. I want to share one more butt with you and it's the best butt we've talked about all day. Look at the last verse. Father, if you're willing, this is Jesus talking to God before he went to the cross. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. In other words, if there's any other way to build a bridge from sinful people, you and I, to a holy and perfect God, if there's any other way, take that cup from me. Yet, not my will, Jesus said, but 
yours be done. God, this is what I feel like. This is what I would choose to do, but I don't belong to me anymore. But it's not about me. It's not about my will, God. It's about yours. That's the best but, is God, I'm going to follow you. I'm doing this because you say so. I'm doing this because I'm following faith and not my feelings. It's time. Let's look in the mirror. Get a big picture of your big butt and do something about it today. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you and praise you for today. I thank you for the privilege that we have to have your written word. God, I thank you that uh, you give us your truth, that you love us, that you hold up your word as a mirror for us to compare ourselves to, and we can see that we fall short. But you don't do that to us to rub our nose in it. You do it so we can get a true picture of ourselves and realize who you say we are, that we matter, that you put all of us together as your followers to do work that we couldn't do alone and separated. God, I thank you for that. I thank you for this church, this church family, for all of those, God, that have served through all the years. But man, during this crazy, crazy season of life, God, that they're dedicated and say whatever it takes because there's something more important that needs to be shared. If you're here today and you've never given your heart and life to Jesus, can I tell you today's the best day? Whatever's been the big butt that's kept you from Jesus. Yeah, I want to be a Christian, but if that's what a Christian is like, no thanks. Don't allow someone else to keep you from Jesus. Get rid of that big butt today. And in your heart, make these your words to God. Say, God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I've done many things wrong. Today, by faith, I turn from doing life my way and I turn to you. I put my hope in you. I say I'm sorry for all my sins to you and I ask you to take up residence inside my heart. Adopt me into your family. Give me the gift of eternal life that could only be provided through your son, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection on Easter Sunday. Jesus, I trust you as the one and only way. Come into my heart. From this day forward, I want to use my life and the rest of it, my time, my talent, my treasure, to serve you as I serve other people, as I point other people, as I get involved and I use my time and my talent and my treasures in your work, on your mission. No more big butts for me. Today, I give them to you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said and everybody typed, amen. Amen.